Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 20th day of March 2015. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 63, and we will be rereading the second paragraph. We were now at step three, and today's readers are the 12 steps, Lois M., the 12 traditions, Bev F., Anita J., Deanna B., and Santa H. And the share code for yesterday, the share ID for Thursday, the 19th of March, is 7406. 7406. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Lois M. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Lois M. in Massachusetts, recovered. Thank you. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory of ourselves and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, sorry. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a, having had a spiritual awakening, awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lois. And I will now ask Bev F. to read the 12 traditions, please. Hi, this is Bev F. calling from Canada, and here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Pavas. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And there's somebody that's not muted. To share, press star 1 to mute, to unmute, I mean. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are on page 63, and we are on paragraph 2. We were now at step 3. We are going to review this again today. Lots of people were wanting to share yesterday. And I will ask Anita J. to begin reading, please. Thank you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, wonderful. Getting a funny message. Thank you, Monica. Um, This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, 
God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. This this prayer has come to mean a lot to me. I used to, you know, our other one, you know, the one we hear all the time, but um, this is the one now that uh, answers everything that I need. Just gives me my answers where who to turn to and how to do it with complete abandon. That is something that, with my background, that was very difficult to do, just to let go absolutely and trust. And trust that when you turn, that person hasn't turned their back and walked away. This 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 higher power of my own understanding doesn't do that and hasn't. I'm the one who walks away or I'm the one who puts them in a box on a shelf occasionally. And then I wonder why I'm having to make an amend to somebody. But this gives me a step-by-step blueprint of how to live my life. And um, funny because when I do that, everybody around me seems to be nicer. Is it that I smile more? Is it that I'm not expecting them to play God? Am I I just stopped having them. I don't expect the people in my life to take away my difficulties anymore. I have an HP here that will do it. And if I'll just follow along. And if things don't go in my time, there has always seemed to be a reason. Always. Um, many of the time it was because, Anita, this particular difficulty isn't about you, honey. You just keep praying, keep your head down, keep following what HP wants you to do, and everything will be fine. Please don't ever, if they ever revise this big book, this is the paragraph that doesn't come out. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. And would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This would be Paula D. May I share? You sure can, Paula. Anybody else? Linda. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, I, there was two people, and I missed both of you. It was man. Linda. Charles. Linda. Oh, Charles. Charles, Linda. Linda. Okay. Paula, Charles, and Linda is what I've got right now. Okay. Paula, you're up. Hi. Good morning, Monica, and thank you for your service. It seems a Friday wouldn't be a Friday without you, and I thank you for that. And here today we come to this paragraph. (laughs) Here's the great divide, the life that was and the life that is, and I go back and I scoot down to, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't introduce myself, Paula D., that would be me, Um, recovered, compulsive overeater, 
the grace of God. And I'd like to kind of scoot on down and camp out on these words here. We thought well before taking this step. Again, as I said before, this is the divide. Thy will, not my will. Making sure we were ready, that we could at last. You know, I always held on just a little bit. That little bit never got me where I needed to be. And it says, abandon ourselves utterly to him. There it was. And for me, it always came with a very climatic thing. It didn't come in the calmness and the peaceness. It came with, what am I going to do in life? I can't live life. And it goes on. Once I abandoned myself utterly to him, then the building could take place. That is what happened in my life. That is my experience. And as I evaluate my experience and I look at it again, this was the final, the final decision that set me on the path. It set me on the path. And I'm just going to take a moment here. Because the one that I wanted to circle around was take away my difficulties. Who would know that it was my difficulties that brought me here to this place? Ah, and then, and then I could come to another. That's what the whole big book is, isn't it? Then I could be with there for another in their difficulties, knowing that God, that's what God works through. I thank you for this opportunity and time given. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And Charles, you're up. Hi, Monica. This is Charles Jays. Good morning. Thank you for your service, and thank you for all the visionaries on the line. Um, can I be heard? Yes, you. Loud and clear. Thank you. My name is Charles Edge, a recovered visionary, just for today. Um, we're now at step three. So yesterday I talked about um, the 11 third step promises um, before I even said this prayer. You know, and, and this prayer is serious. Um, you know, and as I said yesterday, I thought I thought too much. You know, this is just making a decision, and I love what Leah said the other day. It's worthless if I just if I don't act on a decision. So um, that that's going ahead of uh, going ahead of myself. But you know, um, I offer myself to you, to my God, and 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 at that point when I really make that decision, um, and stick to that decision, those those promises come through. You know, I'm always I'm the one always getting in my own way. Like I trip over myself. So. You know, he relieves me of the bondage of that. When 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 I offer myself and he builds with me, when I do what he, you know, my God is so amazing. He's like, you know what, Charles, you want to binge? Go ahead. I'll be right there with you when you make the decision for you not to binge. <laughs> so then, you know, he relieves me of that. So then um, if I do his will, he will take away my difficulties. This even promises in, in, in this third step prayer. When I do his will, he'll take away my difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, my sponsees, people that call me, and, you know, and, and like, and even people in the world, they're attracted. You know, they're attracted, but me not promoting it. So that's amazing. Um, 
of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Every day I'm in a struggle. Here, God, give it back. Here, God, give it back. Here, God, give it back. That's why every day I need to do and say and recite this prayer. You know, and, and, and then, you know, I abandon myself utterly to him, no matter what. His will, some, you know, me in the flesh, I can't do it according to me. In the flesh, I need to be spiritual every single day, like 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 page 64 says. There's another promise. That's why you don't hear me talking about weight and, and food and all that. I made a decision to turn my turn my food and turn my will and turn my, my self-righteousness and turn my ugliness and turn my evilness and and I turned it all over to God, my God, the God of my overstanding. And you know what? It works every day. One day at a time, this spiritual step is serious. It is the foundation. It is the one I got to get right. You know, the prayer and meditation goes along with it. 3, 7, and 11 is very connected. And, you know, I need meditation like I need air, water, and, 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 and abstinence food. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Monica, for your service. Thank Charles H. And Linda, you're up. And then I think I heard Sally. Linda, go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Linda, a recovering compulsive overeater. To me, this paragraph is the start of my program. By being able to offer myself to God and say, I can't do this. I love you. You are my loving Father. Take me. I offer myself to thee to build with me. Together we can do this together. And he has taken me out of the bondage of self. And to allow him to do his will, he has taken away my difficulties. So that I can bear his witness to others. that I can help him through his powers. And he has shown me the way of his help with his love. And I can live his way of life. And I can do his will by offering him my will on a daily basis. By offering him my will, he takes it and turns it into his will. So I am no longer a compulsive overeater. He takes away the urge for food. He takes away the urge for binging. He takes away the urge for sweets that I always had. He just builds me up so high and offers me such a life that I never knew I could have before. And it's so glorious to be in that state of being, never knowing this before, never being aware that I could have this type of life because I was bearing everything down with food. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Linda. And Linda, what is the initial to your last name? M. M. 
Okay. Thank you, Linda M. And I think I had heard Sally. Sally? Good morning, Monica. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, yesterday when we finished the meeting, I sat and I wrote about this Step 3 prayer, and I'd like to share that with you, what, what came to my heart. Um, so I decided to write on it. Here it is. Step 3, God, I offer myself to you. I give up on running the show. I give up on playing God in my life. I'm done running the show. You be the director, the boss, the father I long for. Build with me, do with me, relieve me of this bondage of me, of my best thinking which isn't and never has been enough. Take away my difficulties, change me, transform me, and recreate me, that others will see your power, that others will see the victory I'm having over my defects of character because of your power, that others will see the victory in my life now that step one, now that I admit I need you, so they can see your power and your love and your way of life. May I do thy will always. My way didn't work. My way got me in a mess. I'm ready to try something else your way. Thy will be done. What is the alternative to thy will be done? The alternative to recovery. The alternative to saying this prayer and reaching this place. The alternative is that I'm not going to grow anymore and I'm not going to change anymore. The alternative is me back to gaining weight and killing myself, hurting my body, returning to the old sick relationship with food, screaming in my head, is there any more? Yes, but I'm full. There's more. There's more. I can't stop till it's all gone. How many blueberries are in a portion when they're all gone? The alternative is me full of fear about where it will all end, where I will end up, and worse than the weight and the clothes that don't fit and my face looking puffy, it's the insanity, the lack of judgment, the lack of self-control. It's putting my foot in my mouth and saying things I can't fix. The toothpaste is out of the tube, offending people over and over and saying, I'm sorry, over and over, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. It means I will stop growing and again become stunted. Again saying, I'm so sorry for things I keep doing. Poor judgment. It means the end of being clear-minded. Oh, how can I let that go? The end of being helpful to anyone else. It means I can't sponsor anyone, no more lifeboats, no speaking on any meeting, as I would be of no value, a sounding gong. I would be drunk and have nothing to say. It means I would be lost in the romance novels, sneaking to read on, on as I hate suspense. I would be lost in the TV, lost in movies, hiding in the corners, watching others live their life, fear-filled and afraid to live my own life, afraid of the impending mistakes. That's why I hide and isolate, to limit the mistakes, limit the social faux pas, limit the poor judgment. Hide, Sally, isolate. The alternative is falling off the cliff and into the food. There can be no turning back. And I thought well before taking that, making sure we were ready, that we could abandon ourselves, abandon my best thinking, which was never enough, and once and for all I'm ready, utterly ready to abandon myself to him. Your turn, God. I'm done. I'm done playing God. It's your turn. I will follow. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. And I apologize for whatever that noise was in the background there. Now, would anybody else like to comment on this paragraph? Yeah, this is Janice. This, this is Mary Ellen. Janice, Mary Ellen, Vasa. Okay, let's go with that. Janice, Mary Ellen, and Vasa. You're up, Janice. 
Okay, Monica, good morning to you and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am grateful. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, for those that are new on the line, I'm going to go back to where remember when I was new. And um, when I first took this step, of course, I take it every day now. It's it's very, very simple, this step. It truly is. It, there's three important words here, and the three important words is make a decision. Well, what are we making a decision to? Well, I know what I did. I, I couldn't stand it anymore, so I had to make a decision. Am I going to be independent with me, myself, and I, or am I, am I willing to change? So how am I going to change? I'm going to make a decision to go through these steps, four through nine, so that I can turn my will and my life over to the care of God, because I don't do that at this time. I mean, I, I don't even know what to turn over yet. I know my will is my thinking, you know, and my living is my behaviors and how I act, but, but I don't know how to do that. So what it's telling me is I'm making a decision alone, because at this time, turning my will over isn't, all, it isn't about that, because I don't even know what to turn over. So how we turn our will and our life over becomes, you know, it's, it, it's, it's because of the actions that are going to follow. This, you know, it, it's, it's miraculous. It's awesome how these steps are written. One is written be, to go into another step. So that's all it's, it's, it's telling us. You know, we're going to do the steps. My will is my thinking and what motivates me and my life is all about my actions. But I don't know that yet about myself until I decide to take the actions necessary in the following steps because I don't know what blocks me from my higher power. So how can I change my thinking? And so it's, 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 it's a wonderful, wonderful suggested prayer for those. See, in those days, they, you know, maybe didn't have prayer. So it's something that, that is put in this book as a suggestion. It doesn't mean you have to do this step. You have to say it this way. Of course, I do. But you can make up your own prayer like we just heard. It's just asking, you know, having, having your higher power help you. Um, but this is a good turning point. You're either going to go to go back to your own self-will, or you're going to change and, and want to change, you have to want to, uh, to another higher power. And I know it's not me. Um, because it was all about egocentric selfishness, and, and that didn't work. How did it work for you, Janice? Ms. Monica will say, and it hasn't. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna become hopefully the woman, the woman, the wife, the friend that God wants me to be, because I was something that I never wanted to be through this disease of mine. I became somebody that it would, I would never think that I would be. So this is a turning point to get to action. After you make a decision, just like I'm going to go on vacation, you say, okay, where am I going to go? And, and the decision is a decision, but it, it's not going to come through until I do the actions. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. And Mary Ellen, you're up, and then it'll be Vasa. Star one to unmute, Mary Ellen. I'm sorry, can you hear me now? Sure can. Thank you. Okay, I'm Mary Ellen B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. 
And I just I felt led to share. Um, this is my absolute favorite prayer, and um, it just means so much to me. I can remember years and years ago um, a doctor uh, telling me that he felt like I was in bondage, and um, I, I had no idea what that meant. And um, I had, you know, I just had no clue. And he really, he scared me. I couldn't even imagine what that meant. And so, at you know, coming to step three and reading this um, so many years later, I could see exactly what that meant to me um, in my disease and in my desperation. But what really struck me about this prayer and in saying it and praying it from my heart um, when I first learned it was um, that he would take away my difficulties. God would take away my difficulties, not for me, but for what I could do for others. That, you know, I mean, the place that I'm in, the place that I came into this program that, that took me here was such a desperate, desperate place. Um, you know, my, my life was, I was suicidal. Um, I was in a really bad place, and I just couldn't imagine how wonderful it would be for him to take away my difficulties and for the people that knew and loved me to see that this was possible, um, you know, and, and that I could have victory over them and I could share, I could be a witness to people of God's power, love, and his way of life. And that just, you know, that just blesses me so much. And that's all I wanted to share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mary Ellen B. and Vasa. You're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Monica, for your service. And Avasa O, Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from Florida. And the first time I did the, the third step, I really didn't know the formal way. It was just I kind of made it up, or my sponsor kind of taught me a little bit how to say it. So it wasn't done exactly the way it's written here. But when I was ready to do the writing in my fourth step, I remember have pinning that the, the formal step before I started my writing and putting the set-aside prayer. And then it really made more sense to me because it wasn't just all about the food. It was about my life and being the bondage of myself and to do his will. But I took up a lot of practice till I came to this step, you know. But anyways, my first step when I did it, I surrendered with the food, and I remember saying, God, I offer myself to you with the food. I put the food in your hands, and I put myself into your hands. And please relieve me from that obsession and forgive me from all the sins I had committed in my lifetime, over, over the lifetime. But I was, I was really terrified to turn my life and my will at that time. It became a gradual thing for me. So this was a very, very important step for me, even the first one that I took. It was the most difficult. It was the most scariest uh, step I did. But I remember saying, you know, Vasa, it's better than to die, you know, or being in this disease, suffering with it, you know. So I had no choice. I, you know, I, ma- I mean, I made that choice. I said, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's, you know, I'm going to do it. And I remember saying, just please forgive me for all the sins. This is the first one I did. Forgive me for all the sins I committed in my whole lifetime. And I love you. And, and took over me. And that's when, like, God became uh, my 
um, I, he uh, he just took over me, you know, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't expect that anything to happen, and um, and I became like in him, and it somehow like the old self died, and a new self began, and he became like a, my my director, my real father. I didn't have a good father relationship with a good father, earthly father. And he became my spiritual father. And then, as I said, it was the best thing I had ever done. I was born again. I knew I was born again that moment. I didn't know that much about the program, but I knew the difference. And then, as I said, by the time I was ready to do my writing, and I, on my knees, when my other sponsor, you know, my other my first sponsor didn't go really formally in the big book. The, she didn't do the 12 steps. So I found another one that did it, and I got on my knees with her, you know, and it's exactly, we said it, the way it's written right here in in, in this paragraph. Time. Thank you. I'll just wrap it up. And uh, that said, gradually trusting and relying on God with my life, not with just the food. And thank you for letting me share and thank you for everybody being there this morning. And I pass. Mary Lillian, Philadelphia. Thank you, Vasa O. And Mary Lillian. Yes, yes. And I think I hear an Elizabeth. Chelsea. Leia. Chelsea. Leia. Okay. And Leia. Wait a minute. Sharon (laughs) O. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> um, I got lost way back behind um, Leia. All right, I've, let's start with this. I've got Mary Lillian, Elizabeth, Kelsey, Chelsea, Chelsea, sorry, uh, can't spell here, and Leia, and then we'll, we'll start over after that. Mary Lillian, you're up. <laughs> Thanks so much, Monica. Uh, Mary Lillian, a um, compulsive overeater of Philadelphia, and there, there's a Mary Kay, and that's my last initial, so I figure I use my middle name. Um, what I was struck with this prayer, I remember when I got to the third step, I was told I had to say this prayer. I memorized it slowly every single day and savor every word. And along with that, I had to read the doctor's opinion every day, which is something I, I still try to do. And um, what I was struck, I, I wanted something from God, but I, I didn't want, it wasn't that I wanted him to take the fork out of my hand. It wasn't that I wanted a, a material thing. It was something else. So when I kept repeating this prayer over and over, savoring every word, I was struck by the fact that God wanted an intimate relationship with me. Um, not only me coming to him, but him, him drawing me. And I was also struck by the fact that I didn't want to want to do th- this horrible thing I was doing to my body with the food, this grotesque form of behaviors with the food. And it was just this grotesque binging and starving, this, this mutilation of my body. And it was that, and not me not wanting to hurt my creator anymore. Um, and, and to hurt my body, who is, um, I mean, on his a piece of his handiwork. And that's what struck me, and that was the uh, key, the catalyst that helped me to get absent and want to stay absent through his power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Mary Lillian Kay. And Elizabeth, you're up. Hi there. I'm Elizabeth S. in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. 
Um, one of the things that came to mind for me was food was my God. To turn over to another God was, um, was a decision that I had to make. And one of the things that I realized is that there was a deep lack within me that I was missing something. And um, when I turned to the food, it just led to destruction. But when I turn to God, I have um, a more satisfied feeling. So the cravings are much less because God is satisfying me in ways that food could never do. Thank you, Elizabeth S. Chelsea, you're up. And then it'll be Leah. Thank you, Monica. Thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And I want to um, speak to the italicized text because we often talk on the line about how important the italicized text is in this book and how it was expensive to use it. And it's within this particular material we're about to take the third step. So it's very important to me. And as I continue to study this text, I'm understanding and grateful for the individual that put that text in there, because originally it was not there. As we understood him was added by an agnostic, an atheist who bordered on atheism, Jim Burwell. And that's a name that I'm grateful and thankful for. And I do speak to it when I get the opportunity to get to this part of the text. Because without Jim Burwell insisting that there be something in to allow flexibility for acceptance of differing viewpoints on spiritual matters, I um, probably would not be on the line because I am agnostic. I am without knowledge. I don't know if there's a God or if there isn't. And because of that language, I can move forward with this text because it gives me the flexibility to say, look, I may believe or not believe. It's irrelevant. The issue is, is that I'm powerless over food. I'm powerless over my, really, my life. I'm powerless over my, what's going on in my life. It's in chaos. And as a result, I'm eating to try to get ease and comfort, or in my case, drinking too, to try to get ease and comfort, and it's not working. So I need help. And if, without that language in there, it might not be possible, because when you read this text, it's your own personal interpretation of it. It's your own personal. And if I don't have any kind of relationship with any kind of power and I don't know how to seek it or find it, I'm in a dilemma. And it's interesting to me that Bill Wilson writes about this particular um, italicized text. And he writes that the phrase God as we understood him is perhaps the most important expression to be found in our whole AA vocabulary. And then he goes on in that same article to talk about a number of other things about this and how significant those words are, and how they can serve as a threshold, a door, an open door, and we can walk over that threshold, the unbeliever, or, the, or those seeking, or those who don't, have, who don't have any faith and are happy with that. But we can take our first steps, he talks about, into that area that we hitherto did not know, he calls it, faith. It's all about faith. See, faith is consistent, I'm learning. I'm the one who's not consistent. Faith doesn't wobble and change. I do. And whatever my faith has to be, I need to be able to embrace that. And this program tells me I can do that. That phrase makes it possible for me to live the spiritual life and not just theorize about it. 
or not just read about it or be on the line pontificating about it or anything. Actually living the life of a spiritual life. And it's not an easy path. And it's a one-day-at-a-time proposition, and I'm grateful every morning when I can sit quietly and turn, turn in, and make my connection and just quietly sit throughout whenever things come up that are crazy in the day, all because God as we understood him. So if the italicized text in the book is very important, we all agree to that. We say it many times on the line, then this information should be equally as weighted. And it's the only italicized so far that we've come to. So to me, this is vital information, and it's necessary, and I'm grateful that it exists. And thank you, Jim Burwell, for the addition of that. And I pass. Thank you, Chelsea. And Leah, you're up. Thanks so much, Monica. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power. You know, there was thy love and thy way of life. You know, um, someone was sitting across the table from me and cracking open this text and bringing it to life for my benefit. They were being witness uh, to to uh, the revolution that had happened, you know, in their life. They were giving me testimony. And there I was, sitting across the table from them. And I knew going into this process that my life was on the line. <laughs> I was in a locked facility. I had a plastic band around my left wrist. Um, things were not looking good. I hadn't gotten there on a winning streak. Um, I didn't know the... This unknown, untouchable presence, I had no idea about that. All I knew was someone was sitting across the table from me that was carrying a message of depth and weight. So the beauty of this whole thing is that on one side, it's true. I had almost two decades of chronic, progressive madness and mayhem of compulsive overeating. And on the other, I had living proof. I had a person in whom the problem had been solved. They had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And you know what? (laughs) I didn't understand this whole process. Um, I just said this prayer, um, and I could have said any prayer much like it, but I said this prayer, I just took a pair of dice, I didn't even know what game we were playing, and I threw it out on the board, and I took a leap, having no idea what to expect, despite my crippled belief system, in spite of my own uh, defects of character and uh, problems that I had going in there, in spite of my own experience. And the whole program, not just step three, the whole program is a process of correcting the will. Step three was a decision I was making to work the steps four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and eventually, please God, to live in 10, 11, and 12. God gives me free will. This power out there that I could not name that was thin and obscure gives me free will. I can utilize that free will to continue to self-destruct, or I can utilize that will by going through the process of these actions. Because my mind was my greatest obstacle to a better life. So I am being given free will here, something that animals don't have. They don't have the mind and the intelligence uh, to reflect upon uh, madness and mayhem that I had. That's what sets me apart from other creatures. 
For almost two decades, I had a delusional relationship with food and addiction, which emerged as a symbol, I'm wrapping up, and symptom of self-will run riot. I was imbuing this whole addiction process with a power it actually didn't possess. So, you know, I was being promised here by someone across the table that if I pursued these steps, made a decision and pursued these steps, I would be taken from a journey uh, from blindness to spiritual vision. And I left that table with something I came in without, and that was hope. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Leah M. And this is Monica very quickly here. I just wanted to say that if you're new to the program, you're, you don't know any of this. It sounds pretty. Lots of God stuff going on here. It's okay. This is all a process. You're at a fork of the road here. You're making a decision. And I'm go, am I going down the path of the food and the de- destruction where I've come from, or am I going to take this other path? Do I understand it? Do I know what it is, where it's going to lead me? Do I even feel it? Maybe not, but that's okay. We're just saying take it. And with that, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Deanna B., would you read for us, please? Deanna B., can you unmute, please? Star one to unmute. Thank you. I had a little trouble there. Um, My name is... Deanna B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Illinois. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, husband, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional so long as we expressed the idea voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made, an effect sometimes a very great, great one was felt at once. How powerful this third step is. And and as it says, it's making a decision. Uh, When I took this uh, step with my guide after I came into a vision for you, I did feel something that almost as if I was beginning to come into the sunlight and that I could feel my higher power. I have said this step every day for probably 37 years. And I love it. I say it at a holiday meal in the spring. Um... I just feel that this, as it says, the wording is quite optional. I say it as it is. You know, I say it every day. I even have it on a list of prayers that I say in the morning, even though I've memorized it. One of the few things I've memorized a long time ago. Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't. But I say it. As has been said, just take it. It's a decision. It's a beginning as we uh, start that fourth and fifth step. It's a beginning, and I see it, too, as God saying, trust me. Just trust me as you move forward. Just trust me. 
your way has not been serving you. Uh, let's do it my way. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Deanna B. And who would like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. I heard Bella, and I think I heard Larry. Mimi. Mimi. Okay, let's go with that. Okay. Bella, you're up, and then Larry. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you. We just lost you, Bella. Star one. Oh, thank you. I was talking, and I didn't realize that I'm talking to myself. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph. Um, but it, but it is better to meet God alone. Yes, and this is what I did, and it. I think it was the first time that I wanted to be alone with God and not because of selfishness reasons and not because self-centered. The opposite. I wanted to be all about me, to give completely myself to God. It was, I think, the first time that I felt surrounding, completely surrounding to God. It was like a feeling that, yes, it's like a date. And when you go out to a date, you know, you don't need nobody with you. You need yourself and the other person. And this is the way I felt. Yes, I wanted to give completely myself to God. I wanted to feel to feel the power of God running into myself. It's like, yes, I know, in the same way, the same time that I was alone with God, you were alone with God too. And this is the power that God can be with me and with you together. And it's, this is the, the, the power to stay without fear, without any blaming, it's the freedom. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Larry Kay, you're up. Thanks, Monica. Larry Kay, uh, compulsive reader, recovered compulsive reader. Um, you know, I'll just focus on that this was only a beginning. And um, the first thing is that, you know, it was only a beginning. And the words were, were you know, were optional um, as long as I – as long as I recognized that inherent in these words was a surrender. You know, I'm no longer in charge, and I'm going to surrender. I'm not sure what I'm surrendering to, but I'm going to surrender to something other than myself because in surrendering to, in surrendering to myself, I'm going to continue to follow the path that I have, but uh, that I have always followed. But it was only the beginning, and for me, you know, it's kind of like um, for those who practice some, some sort, sort of uh, – you know, religious or spiritual understanding prior to getting here, you know, I certainly did. And, um, but you know, those things, uh, they, they did not, um, effectuate a change in me. Perhaps they did in you, but they didn't effectuate a change in me, not a fundamental shift in me. So there was something inherent in these action steps that we were going to do that is, it's not about science. It was not about science for me. 
you know, and, um, but, but a change was going to happen. And in connecting with someone who's understanding, you know, and for me, someone who had cracked op- open this book in, in whom the problem had been solved, that was someone who could understand based on their experience. And that was the case for me. And thank goodness, because they would help me to and guide me through these action steps. And somehow through those action steps, that's where the change occurred. Otherwise, I'm sitting on the sideline, and sitting on the sidelines will get me dead. And that's uh, that's was my experience. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay and Mimi. You're up, and you may be the last here. I'm not sure. Hang, go ahead. Hi, I'm Mimi, a compulsive eater from Ohio. Um, so I. I've been reading a bunch of stuff, and then this came up this morning about trust. I have to trust much. Um, I don't have any faith in myself, so I had to go somewhere else. And um, here, here it is. You know, we thought well before taking this step. Um, are we done trusting ourselves? Are we done doing it our way? If so, then you know we have to think well about taking the step to uh, follow another power. So for me, that one is God, and I. Long ago heard the saying, you know, for some of us, it's thank you, God, for OA. And uh, I say thank you, OA, for helping me find God, because when I was worshiping the food, there wasn't room for anything else, and I passed. Thank you, Mimi. And Raquel, we do have time. Raquel, star one to unmute. Hello, my friend. Um, Can you hear me? You sure can. Hello? Go ahead, yeah, Cal. Wonderful. Hear you. And it's very good to exercise uh, speaking briefly. I'll try. This, this step, this prayer, and this explanation, this was only a beginning. And, and, and they know it, and the big book knows it, that we're jumping now a leap of faith. It's the leap of faith. I don't even know where I'm going to land, but it's sure as anything going to be better where I am. Where it has to be. So bad where I am, the jumping with his face and, you know, the everlasting arms are there to catch. And I see it again and again with people. And when that wonderful, wonderful grace gives God a chance to give you the grace, when, when I'm willing to jump like that and say, my, all, all that I bombarded this disease with hasn't worked. And now I'm, I'm just, folding my arms like a child in first grade and saying, all right, show me, teach me. And, 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 and this works, but more will be in step 11. But here, the, the tremendous thing is that you do it without even knowing. You just know that you are not going, I am not going back there. Whatever comes in this fork of the road, I'm choosing this path, and there is a light at the end of it. Otherwise, it's just endless suffering with no promise and no light at the end. And thank you so much, everybody who is there with me, to to do this beautiful, beautiful work. And I pass. Thank you, Raquel. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Santa H., can you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Certainly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall surely be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Santa. I will ask everyone to press star 1 who wishes to to unmute. 